let's go. Welcome to Talking Trophies. I'm your boy Ravo, and we're back with another banging episode. Damien, what are you saying, guys? We're a bit of a distance Yo, apart, but hey, hey, I'm not gonna lie, I'm still full from last week. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I'm dead. I'm telling you, no lie. I spewed when I got home. Confession. Like I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but bro. Apart from that, my week's been good. That's good, man. Yeah, man. I've been. I suffered a bit, man. Three days. My house playing up. I wasn't asleep properly after that, and I didn't eat meat until actually no, I didn't eat a burger until Thursday. And I, I went to like touched the burger since. Oh no way. Yeah, nah. That's crazy, man. Also, you know, <laughs> celebrating the birthday vibes. Oh uh, yeah. Big hey, twenty-five. Big ups. You know, we should be we should be turning up. You know, but we're not turning up this week. You know, we're trying to do something and talk about well-being yes, and mental sir. health. Yes, sir. So before we jump into the video, make sure you guys do subscribe, like, share this video around. You know the vibes. Besides that, I think it's time to introduce one of our guests. You know, this guy's been around. He's been supporting us from when we started. I think he, uh, he's been enjoying our content. Yeah. And he's, he, he's on his own uh, adventure, I'd say, or journey, I think he'd like to say, that he's documenting as well. You know, he's a good guy. He's a great guy, actually. And um, I've been following his journey as well. And, you know, we, I think we all have, to be honest, yeah. from when he started. We've been talking even about getting him on for a minute. And we, we spoke, of, we sp he actually, I spoke to him before we started talking trophies, before you even released our first video. It's your boy, Sagali. Thanks for coming, Kaz. Sir, 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 thank you, thank you. Appreciate the love, for real. Yeah. You guys have grown so much. I remember you told me it was at Carlton Gardens about the idea. It was uh, during the Black Lives Matter protest. To, from seeing where you guys started to where you guys are now. Still very young, still a lot of growth, but you know it's a blessing. Um, so yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, man, appreciate it, man. I think it's bro, that's you know how long ago that was? That was two years ago. Two years ago, bro. Yeah, the journey's been. It's crazy, man. Goes quick, yeah. How you been, man? I've been blessed, busy, alive, black, handsome, everything. <laughs> Shout out Titan. Um, but yeah, man, that's me. I just you know I've been hectic with meetings and meetings for shoe shoe, just trying to stay consistent with location. You know, that's my pride and joy. How you uh, feeling about location? Hey, you jumped on the TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. And because yeah. I, I told you, I'm like, guys, TikTok's your spot. Because people like that stuff. You know when you're just scrolling and you just hear a casual story? And actually, there's someone I actually know. Her name's Sarah. Shout out to Sarah. She actually loves your page. Like when I say she's like, she moved to like recently moved from Melbourne. But she's like, I love location. It's like, it's amazing just how you tell the real story of Melbourne. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even remember that time I messaged you, I'm like, I'm like, there was one guy you missed, he, he told his story. And I'm like, guys, that guy used to be, a, he used to come to North. I'm like, that guy used to come to my area. I remember yeah, back yeah. in the days. And I'm yeah. like, guys, the fact that you're telling people stories. And those are people I walk past. I'm not, I don't walk past, to be honest. I go around like a lot of people and I'll, I'll talk to people, but a lot of, 90% of Melbourne walk past them and not know their story. Yeah. Do you know? And just yeah. be like, who's this? Like, they wouldn't care. But, you know, you stop for that moment. You listen to their story, man. And I think it's crazy, man. Like, some of the stories on it is unbelievable, man. Even yeah. this week's one, the guy's like, um, I didn't tell my parents I'm on meth or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he told you that and told his story is just... Unbelievable, bro. Unbelievable. Yeah, man. I could, honestly, we could do a whole podcast for two hours or however That's the long. Thing, yeah. But right now, we'll, we'll focus more about, you know, what, what, the, what our mission is today and our goals, which is um, something to relating with Shoe Shoe and what we're doing with the money that we raised last year. Um, to give you guys a bit of information, what we did. It was just an idea for me to have a basketball tournament for my 23rd birthday. I wanted to just ball out, simple as that. You know, one thing led to another in a month of preparation with a beautiful team that I had who believed in my vision and trusted me. We raised over $16,000 with the help of Foundation House. Shout out to that team. You know, shout out Paris, shout out Dang, shout out Diana, shout out Miria. Honestly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget a couple of names. I could go on later. 
But with their help and consistent communication and meetings and support, we've managed to figure out what we want to do with the money, you know, because a lot of people raise money for organizations, but they never they never really tell us or maybe they don't have, it's not like they don't have the bad intention, but they just put the money in an organization and who knows it can, where it can go. It can go towards maybe their office space or something like that. You know, we had that conversation with Foundation House and we said, hey, this is what we raised, but we would like to use that money back to the community you know we're really big about reinvesting in our ecosystem our community and figuring out the best way to really raise awareness and help those who have been affected during lockdown and their well-being you know and that's why we're here today you know we're, we're blessed and I, again i want to say a shout out thank you so much Catherine, for being on this podcast and sitting down she's a professional she has a lot of wisdom to share and you know that's what we're going to do today you know Rava and um damien are going to ask us some questions regarding that but yeah that's a little bit of sum up of you know how shoot shoot came about there's still a lot about it, but, you know, that's down the line. I'm not going to lie. I thought that was an Oscar speech, man. <laughs> 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 hey, that was a really script, man. That no, was not no, a freestyle, no. guys. No. Well, like the way he transitioned. Oh, ready to grab the trophy up there and go, Kazi, <laughs> you deserve this. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm like, damn, I'm the hood. I forgot, cause I'm like, damn, this is a guy they take over. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta start a podcast. I thought he was nah. hosting as well for a second, too. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 nah, no, appreciate you. Catherine. Yeah. How are you? We've been talking before, but how are you? How are you really? I'm, I'm really okay. Thank yeah. you for asking. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Is yeah. your first, po- first podcast? First ever podcast. So How are you feeling? Like a little nervous. She's um, killing I've been it. told I'm, I'm going to be well handled, well supported. Yeah. Hey, so. We're honoured. We're honoured to have you to be the first podcast for you to feature on. So, yeah. so today we'll be talking about generally like mental health, well-being, services that are provided and the idea and the concept behind it. Because I feel like even some of our viewers or most of our viewers... Grow up not knowing where to go, mm. do you know? So, first I'll probably start with, tell us a little bit about yourself, just so our viewers can get an understanding of who you are before we get into the deep dive of uh, talking about the services and what we can benefit ourselves from, like, with mental health and well-being. Yeah, what sure. do you do? Sure, tell sorry, us. I interrupted you. Nah, um, terrible you first nah, podcast. Nah, right. um, so, I'm Catherine. Um, I'm a social worker and a family therapist. And I work in a few different places, but um, I think I got invited because I work in an organisation called Origin, where we work with young people around their mental health and support families and communities to have improved mental health, I suppose. I want to know, like, for example, you said you work with families. Um, mm. How do you like, raise that conversation of talking about mental health with families? Yeah, that's, I mean, I think every family is different, right? And yeah. how the conversation comes up is different with every family. Usually, I guess I'm in a position to be having a conversation because uh, someone in the family's already brought it up. It's not me bringing it up. Someone in that family, usually a young person, has brought the conversation up and wants, you know, their dad or their grandmother or their auntie to be involved in that conversation in some way. It's interesting. I was going to say real quick, like, um, like it's, it's always inspiring to have like a platform where people can come to you when they're seeking mental health. But like, how do you seek mental health? Like when you're going through it, like what? What are things that you rely on? Yeah, for me, myself. Yeah, I think like the last couple of years with COVID, it's been really tricky, hasn't it? Because like a lot of us, things that we would normally rely on, like going more than five kilometres from our house or spending time with more than one other person, those things haven't been possible. But for me, like I was telling you guys before, I I ride my bike, I listen to music, I love to read, uh, I try and plan holidays, like I'm... um, I like bushwalking, so I like going hiking for four or five days with all my stuff, just getting away from it all. Oh, so you like camping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, That's how you know Raver doesn't go camping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's impressive. Because you know what? It is such a like a, it's a great way just to escape from just the fast-paced life of especially the city, living near the city. Yeah, I think that's it for me. Like, I kind of like that my phone won't ring during that time, you know. Um, I, I kind of like having periods of time where I'm not contactable. But I think, like, sorry, the other thing I forgot to say is just how important it is to me and, and I think for most people to have people that I feel close to, that I feel connected to, that I can turn to if I'm having a tricky time. And maybe they would help me just by listening. Maybe they would help me by offering wisdom. Maybe they would help me by telling me how they'd got through similar difficult times. Mm. You know, so having people that I feel close to and connected to and that I want to turn to for that sort of stuff, that's really important to me. Definitely. Speaking on, um, you said having that person to turn to. Generally, like, for example, there's a lot of people that move to the city. Yeah. Move away from their families. And you spoke about living in regional Victoria at one point. So let's just say someone does move away from their family. They move into the city. There are services, but um, how do those services, for example, like how do you break that barrier, get comfortable to speaking to someone that you barely know, for example? Because some people are uncomfortable saying to their parents, hey, I just moved from, let's just say, Wodonga to Melbourne. Mm. I'm not comfortable to go to, like, for example, call dad and say, hey, I'm struggling with my mental health. Mm. Because he's in Wodonga, probably taking care of his own business and stuff. But... I'm in the city. How do I, how does someone, for example, you have the friends and the, the means. How does someone, for example, that doesn't have those means, get in contact with someone and you know, talk about their mental health? Yeah, I think I think there's a couple of interesting things about this idea of someone moving from Wodonga. Like, I think a lot of us worry a lot about burdening our families with our difficulties. Like, you know, my mum's worked so hard to to get me here, or um, my dad put so much on the line so that I could move here, and so we worry: Are we going to put extra pressure on them? Um, are we going to make them sad because we're struggling? And um, so I think that's the first thing, like just noticing should we be that worried about burdening them or yeah. would they actually rather know? I think then the other thing is like who to reach out to. I think that really varies person, person to person. Um, not everyone's going to take the step to go to their doctor and say, I want a mental health care plan. Can you refer me to a psychologist or a social worker? Um, but there's lots of people that we can turn to that we often forget are there for us to turn to you know sporting coaches faith leaders um older friends you know people who might be able to help us in a hard time yeah. i don't think we always have to jump to professional help straight away um i don't think people do always jump to professional help straight away but i think we kind of set up this dilemma where it's like either i talk to no one or i talk to a professional i've never met before and yeah. i think there's kind of options in between yeah Shout out to all our blokes down in Wodonga coming down to the CBD. They've been making that big jump. Um, I want to ask Sagali, like, for example, personally, like, yeah, how do you deal with your mental health? Um, I would say, honestly, I've been blessed in the position that I've been put growing up. My mum's a mental health clinician, you know, and that's kind of a mix of why even Shoot Shoot came about. Mm -hmm. um, she's always kind of helped me out, spread that, like, not spread, but raised awareness or educated me on issues or you know things that maybe younger guys would face or even just you know drugs and alcohol like for her the way she even her approaches you know it's just it's not even on some strict behavior it was more just like you know this is what's going to happen you know like marijuana stays in your spine for over 10 years and some of these things actually trigger schizophrenia you know i knew that when i was 12 11 13 people who are 13 maybe not really they might not really know that stuff you know what i mean so for me to know that and that uh, i already have like a like, when we grow up, right, the boogeyman scares you, right? But we know when we grow up, that's not real. 
So imagine like seeing movies or things like that about drugs, alcohol. I look at it so much bigger. So to already hear that it's going to have that effect on me, I'm already looking at it as like, nah, I'd rather not. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that, you know, if you know how to handle it, then it's, you know, I'm not going to, you, you should never look at someone a different way. But because of that, I never wanted to be a part of it. So my mom kind of helped me stay aware of these things. And that also means with my mental health, um, I've got a journal. I've had, I've have, have had multiple journals. <laughs> my bad for the startup. But yeah, I've had multiple journals that's helped me. I reflect. I get active. Basketball helps me out. And um, I think that's the reason why Shoot Shoot is so important for me and my team because we all believe, me and my, my team, that getting active is really what helps your mental health. And that's, that's for me, you know. She even used her examples of camping, hiking, riding a bike. All those activities, she has to get active, you know. You don't need you don't need to speak or be conscious of how you speak. Maybe that's a therapist that can help you understand that. Maybe a friend, but getting active really can answer that issue mm. for you. Yeah, man, that's what a lifestyle to grow up in, man. Like you got a real supportive mum by the sounds of it, yeah. and very well knowledge. Like I think I've been seeing it. Like I remember when I reached out to you, um, to help out with some of the kids down southeast. Like I just noticed that about you, where like you always love. Like I know you always see beyond what a person is. You just see like mental health issues involved, and like that's. That's insane, but, like, your heart behind Shoot is Shoot, like, what's, like, where did this, like, come from? Like, where, where was, like, the first moment you're, like, you know what, like, I'm going to do this? So. And how did you, and how did you put it all together? Yeah, how I put it all together, I got to still look back at that. I still haven't processed that fully. Um, basically, the idea came about, so there's someone that's very close to me um, who held a birthday, for her birthday party, she did an amazing race. Which is real dope, yeah. She's been doing dope things like for most of her birthdays, and then um, when her recent birthday finished uh, in 2021, I was speaking. I was like, you know, you should probably do a basketball tournament for your next one because you're turning 23. Then she looked at me. She's like, that's probably your thing. I was like, you know what? It actually is. I'm not gonna lie. That's actually my thing. So you know, um, my mom also was always telling me you need to do something for your peers in terms of mental health. Maybe have like a discussion. You know, she was only giving me ideas that she seemed to have worked for her. But for our generation, that's not going to work, you know. Having that discussion isn't going to always work. Even though we're doing it right now, it may sound contradicting, but there's other ways to go about it. And that's why our campaigns, we've diversed it in so many different ways. But I wanted to mix mental health, growing up and being understanding of that, with my basketball passion being, you know, basketball is my first love. I put those two together and then, you know, it ended up being bigger than what, it, what, what I expected it to be. It, the first idea originally was just to have a little basketball tournament for my friends. I was going to book a ref, you know. I, I know a few film photographers. I knew, I knew a few DJs. So I was like, you know what, let me hit them up. They all said yes. But the venue that we booked, which everyone, you guys all went, right? It was a dope venue, right? That was only six months new. No one's been there, even myself. That venue was so good, right? And um, got to give credit where it's due. A lot of people contributed to making that happen, right? Hanad, uh, one of the brothers from the area, really helped to get the ball rolling. He's from the area. He does some dope things. He, he helped recently held a knife crime discussion um, the other week. He's been doing it for six weeks. He was helping me a lot. He kind of implemented the idea of getting a sponsor. You know, and ever since then, in that month of just getting people together, um, we're going to have a couple other podcasts released this week where people in the team are going to also explain their vision and how they came about being a part of the team but one thing led to another man with a month of getting it prepared we managed to get shoot shoot where it was yeah. and you know the sky's the limit now for the team and us in the community that's amazing, yeah. man. That's amazing yeah, like, man. i was gonna say quickly um like 
there's always this thing about mental health, right? Like, I feel like in today's era, we're starting to speak about it more and more, get comfortable. There's finally events that are promoting, like promoting that it's okay to speak about it. Why do you think it's still so hard to speak about it to this day? For some people, like, it's just really hard to even bring up the conversation. Why do you feel that is? So it's just an awkward conversation, yeah. isn't it, man? Yeah, why do you reckon it's so awkward, though? Like, why do you think it's so awkward? Who? You. Okay, <laughs> generally, no, no, I know, but... You, you put, put him in the corner. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm why are you putting me on the spot? Question, I don't know. Why are you like, putting me on the spot like that, Kathy? No, because for me, like, I guess, um, you know, for almost 20 years, it's been my job to talk about mental health yeah. all day, every day. Yeah. And so sometimes I forget that it is really awkward for other people. So it's yeah. kind of a hard question for me to answer now yeah. about why is it awkward, because I'm like, oh... I forget that it's awkward. That yeah. said, my parents would say, don't use social work me. Like, it's awkward yes. for them, right? Like, yes. in, in my family, it's yeah. also, like, awkward. I don't right? know. Personally, I think I just never... Okay, I grew up in, like, a, a generation where we suppress emotions. Yeah. Okay? Like, if I'm feeling sad, I, I keep it to myself. Yeah. Do you know? It's very hard. You know, I grew up more in, like, a, in, in a household where, like, we didn't really express ourselves emotionally, you know? We're always having a laugh. But then when you, but the thing is, I think I grew up in an environment where, you know, I could talk to my mom. I'm comfortable mm-hmm. to talk to my mom. You know, in contrast, my father, I wouldn't really open up to him when I was younger. Now I do more comfortably. But I, th- I just think generally it's like, I, I feel, and this is where the toxic masculinity kicks in. I feel less of a man. If you have feelings. No, no. If I'm like opening about, up about if my emotions. If you're talking about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the past, that's when I was like 15, 16, 17. Obviously I grew up now I'm comfortable. Yeah. I can talk from having a crappy day. But generally, in that, I think that a lot of young people, and that's why you find there's a lot of like violence happening and stuff like that with even males, because they don't, they, they have this anger in them, they, they have this feeling in them, and I grew up with a lot of boys that had this, they have this anger in them, like, and they have this feeling in them, and they just express it with aggression, mm-hmm. you know, even like from simple stuff like we'd be playing like FIFA and like we just spaz out like just the games or play basketball and we get really rough and you can tell there's something in the back of their mind but yeah. they don't want to open up about it and I feel like it's just it's like I'm not comfortable to speak about it because it's an awkward conversation and I don't want to have it do you know and do you feel like a lot of clients experience that as well oh for sure I think that that talking about emotions can be really uncomfortable for people it's yeah. like something that you learn to do, right? Like no one's born knowing how to do it. It's something you learn and most of us would learn it or not in our families. So I think it's right what you say, like that that it's something that takes practice or yeah. that, um, you know, you, you need to do it with certain people and maybe not with everyone. Um, but I think emotions aren't the only part of mental health as well, like um, that, that kind of, yeah, um, being able to do things is part of mental health. It was interesting hearing you talk about basketball and being active and how important that can be to keeping up good mental health. But um, something that I've noticed uh, is with young people, when they're having a problem with their mental health, doing those things becomes that much harder. So you used to love basketball and then suddenly you're not feeling yeah, it, you don't go to training, you don't get off the bench during the game. So you start to lose that pleasure, you start to lose that sense of connection with people. So there's a kind of cycle and it's not just about emotions, it's also yeah. about then how you're behaving and how you're able to be in the world. Does mm. that kind of make sense? No, I yeah, what you're definitely saying. It does, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that's the absolute answer, getting active, because yeah. that does deter you from even wanting to, you know, it's not easy always to get up and play basketball, run or walk. Yeah, I think I think there's a kind of it's great for people who are feeling it with their mental health to be supported to keep active. 
but it's not that useful for us to say to someone who's having a really hard time with their mental health, hey, you know what you should do? You should get out there bushwalking, you know? Like, it's it's just not that simple for people. I think yeah. there needs to be, a, like, a, a better understanding around mental health because, like, some people just think there's, like, a, a direct cure to it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, go ride your bike, go play ball, go do this. But, like, sometimes it's literally, like, that, like, it's that deep. Like, the trauma is that deep that like it can't just be fixed like that like it just needs to be understood that okay like you're going through this tough season but like it's more so just supporting them in that there's no cure to it so it's like yeah it's like i don't know it's tough so how like how like what's the what's the best advice to give to someone if they're like going through something that just can't be fixed by simply just like getting out the house more or just yeah yeah i think it's good to think about what's the line after which you are going to want to get professional help or you want to get professional help on behalf of a family member rather than just going, okay, let's keep encouraging them to go to church or let's keep encouraging them to get back to basketball training, you know, like what's the point at which you make that call? Um, And so I think knowing where that line is for you or for your family is really important. Um, And then thinking about the kind of professional support that would feel safe and comfortable. Um, You know, a family doctor like a GP is a great place to start. GPs uh, have really good knowledge of what's available in the community. They have really good ideas about um, a mix of different kinds of approaches to wellbeing. So not just counselling, not just medication, but also like getting back involved in the community, getting extra practical support to get things done, that kind of stuff. Talking about getting services, like, I've said this before on the podcast, I've gone to therapy once in my life. Right, like as in one session. One session. Yeah. Never went back. Yeah. I just said, let me try it out. Yeah. And I just said, this is not for me. And I found a means to deal with my mental health, thankfully. How does someone find those services? For example, I grew up in a public housing area mm. in North Melbourne. You know the North Melbourne yeah, flats? Yeah, I do. And we had, for example, back then a service called CoHealth. Yep. And... They said, hey, look, you know, we do have psychologists. I'm like, you know what, let me go see a therapist. Why not? I said, and they gave me a free session. But like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of services in Victoria and Australia. We're, we're actually blessed to be in this country because the services that are provided is amazing. And yeah. you can't find it any, almost anywhere else in the world. But you know what's so hard? Like, let's just say I'm feeling down. I wouldn't know where to go to. Yeah, yeah, you know not knowing I mean? where to start. Where do I start? Yeah. Even my GP, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, You don't have a GP? No, or? no, I do, I do. But my GP is like old school. Uh-huh. I remember uh-huh. one time I went to my GP and um, I'm like, yeah, I've got some pains, whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, here, here's a prescription. He's like to me, the all goods, but because like he said it in Arabic, he's like, we don't fear death, but we don't fear death. I looked at him, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like cause you're not the right, you're not the guy to tell me that. You know? It was just weird. I'm just like, he said that, but like, even for example, going to a GP, whatever, how do I start? Yeah. Look, I think um, you, you're so right. We are lucky in Australia that there are a lot of services, but um, it can be a bit overwhelming, right? Like, when do I call Kids Helpline or Lifeline? When do I go to a Headspace Centre? When do I go to my GP? I think there's two great starting points for young people in Victoria, and one is their local council youth services. So, like, exactly like CoHealth was for you in North Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and the other is a Headspace Centre. Um, And and the reason I think they're really great starting points is because they have kind of a menu of options. You're not um, going to a psychologist 
who will probably only have psychological treatment or therapy to offer. Um, It might be that they have a group. It might be that they have peer work. It might be that they have alcohol and other drug counselling. It might be that they have practical support. You know, there's like a whole menu of options that they can kind of fit to you. So a Headspace centre is a really great place. And if people um, don't feel like the Headspace nearest them is that accessible, like by public transport or whatever, then local council youth services are also awesome. Nice. And... Okay, with us, we're over to our 20s. Oh, sure. Do I look younger? So young. Well, I think you said it was your birthday yesterday, 25 years old. So you're no longer a young person. That's 35. Uh, 35? No, no, he's joking, he's joking. 45? (laughs) But um, you know, someone actually told me yesterday, one of my boys messaged me at 12.01 and told me, you're now officially closer to 30 than you are 20. Oh, and I was like, he thought I was going to feel bad about it, but I didn't mind. I can't wait till I'm 33. Apparently 33 is a peak age. Really? Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see how good I look when I'm 33. Okay. But um, let's for just For older people, for, you're asking. So we're, tw- we're 20s. I'm comfortable to be like, okay, I'm feeling exhausted, work. Um, okay, I need to get this service. Yeah. There's a lot of individuals from the age of 15. I could say 15 is like the age where you start getting a bit of a consciousness of like who you are, this... And then, for example, 17 is a rough age where you maybe feel a bit low, life's kicking in. How does someone, because we're comfortable to go to those services, how does someone from 15 to 17, 18 know, like, this is for me? Yeah, good question. Because that's the critical ages. People don't realise, like, we always, like, we're old enough to talk about mental health. Do you think a 15-year-old's really talking about mental health? Like, not really going to have that conversation. How how does someone, like, 15, 17, those those important ages, 18 even, Mm. you know, go, like, I, I want this, I need this. How do they like recognize I need this service, I need this support. Yeah, so there's a lot more, um, I guess, actual education in schools now than yeah. certainly when I went to school, yeah. probably even than when you went to school. Oh, um, old <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that, you know, in lots of schools, teenagers are taught to identify signs of depression, for example, and to know where they could go. And I guess there's better support systems even in schools so that there's usually someone who's funded to provide kind of wellbeing support in a school. So I think for lots of teenagers, that might be the first person they go to. The other spaces I'm really interested in are spaces teenagers are anyway, so mosque or church or youth group or sporting clubs and thinking about how do we support adults in those places to kind of lean into young people around their mental health because we know that young people might turn to them, right? Like they might go, this is a person I trust to talk to. Mm. So it's really important that adult knows what direction to point the young person in. Um, I don't know that I'm answering your question though. How do people find their way to support? Yeah, for like the 15, because yeah. we can find the services. Yeah, yeah, we know how to but Google. That 15, you know, having the conversation. And you did highlight, the, highlight like going to the school. Yeah. And the wellbeing officers in the school, they're really helpful as well. Yeah. And and, and so I guess a lot of services like Headspace Centres have started promoting themselves in schools. So really trying to make sure that brand is visible and young people would know that they can go there. Local council youth services also do that. So there are lots of efforts to try and make sure young people know where they can go. Even Damien, Damien, uh, he goes to schools and uh, does yeah. dancing clinics and stuff, helping yeah. the kids dance. Yeah, and run, running workshops. Um, the whole point of it is like, Dance isn't just like a entertainment. It's also like a way to attack me- mental health on a positive level. Like, um, like we're talking about health, the health benefit of it, but also like the rhythm of just like being comfortable in yourself and having mm-hmm. the confidence to just dance in front of anyone, your teachers, your peers. It does a whole heap of confidence boosting in the kids, and it's so like it's so beautiful to see. And that's why like it's like one of my biggest passions since like I was like fifteen. Yeah, but I was gonna say, um, 
like when you're like a young adult, right? The idea of like going to see someone, the concept is like you're like yo, that's a lot of money. Like mm. it, it sounds so expensive. Like I remember I saw a psychologist like first time when I was like 20 years old, and the guy turns and he's like, yeah, it's gonna be like 120 dollars. And at the time, if you're if you're studying or you're working part time. Yo, that money is like a it's lot. a lot of burgers. It's yeah, it's literally <laughs> like a, it's like a third of what you're making. Yeah, it's a lot of burgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally, it's a lot of burgers. But like, how, like, how does someone like seek like financial assistance or like how, like how does how does it make it look like less expensive? Because I don't know. My mindset was like, oh, it's too expensive. I'm not gonna. Yeah, do yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in in Australia, we have um access to mental health through Medicare, the same way that. You could see a GP and not have to pay the full fee. So if someone goes to a GP, and this is why I often recommend that as a starting point, they can get a specialist referral called a mental health care plan. And that pays for the base amount for, at the moment, 20 sessions a year with someone. Um, That someone might charge a gap fee, like the same way you might go to your GP and you have to pay a bit over the counter. So it's important to do your research and work out... um, whether you can manage that. But there certainly are people who do what's called bulk billing, which is where they only charge the amount Medicare will pay them. Um, But I think you brought up something interesting before is what if you see someone and they're just not the right fit for you? And I think lots of the time people make a decision or counselling's not for me, but there's some chance that maybe that counsellor is not for them. So um, it's important to kind of do the same things you do for other aspects of your well-being of like get advice get referrals see if you can make time with that person to talk with them on the phone beforehand you know before you commit to that fee Mm -hmm. yeah like speed dating yeah like (laughs) speed data psychologist (laughs) now i would i would say like when you if you're looking for a therapist right you can interview them like you're allowed to ask them like how what how are you going to treat me what how are you going to describe progress what's how are you going to describe our goals like, you're allowed to ask them those yeah. questions, you know? If they're getting defensive, like, yo, all right, bet. that's a red yeah, flag already. It's maybe yeah, not a good fit for you. It's like, it's like, a, like, it's like you're, you're, they're trying to pitch themselves. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like a PT, you know, okay, how do you work out, you know, all these things, you know? So I think you, if you're ever going to look for it, she just described it, which I didn't know myself. You can actually go to a GP, and if you have a Medicare card, you can get free assistance regarding your mental health and therapy. Ask them as well, like, hey, um, is this eligible? Is this how you're going to do it? And if they tick the boxes that you want, try it out. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about like a lot of like how we can seek, you know, mental health. But like, what is if you see someone really going through it? Like someone's yeah. going through it. What is a way that like you can support them through it? Like by like, you know, seeking professional advice or just taking them to that next step without like, I don't know, coming across too confronting or like... Yeah, such a good question, isn't it? And I reckon probably all of us have been there, right? Like seen a friend who's having an incredibly difficult time and kind of wondered, well, what do I do? What's my – how do I be a good friend and how do I do what's right, you know? So um, eHeadspace is an online part of the Headspace platform and they actually have a family and friends phone line and email line. So uh, it's for exactly that kind of thing of like I'm really worried about someone – um, what steps can I take? They can kind of coach you through it and tailor that advice. But generally what I'd say is to try and have a conversation with someone about what you're seeing that you're worried about, you know. So like, you know, Catherine, you used to love riding your bike everywhere but now you're just kind of hanging out in the house. I'm worried about you. 
Like I think often we start those conversations, they come across a bit judgy. Yeah. You used to be much more fit than you are now. You, you, you used to eat a lot better. But if we actually just kind of go, I've been worried about you, I've noticed this, um, kind of sussing out if the person's worried about themselves as well. I think starting that conversation is really important. I think we often expect the person to come to us yeah. and start the conversation. Um, but maybe they feel all the things you mentioned before, like embarrassment or yeah. uh, guilt or you know yeah i think it's gonna it's gonna that's gonna be an issue for a while i think it's a we've got a long way to go to be honest i i'd say just having those discussions like if you think about it would you have gone to your friend like when you were 15 and or 17 or 20 even and just said hey you know like i'm really down right now yeah I, but I you're mean, a social worker you're, now you got the cheat code you can't do that you can't, yeah i, mean, <laughs> I think also my situation was different you okay. know like i i think um you know you you mentioned toxic masculinity you know like that doesn't affect me in the same ways yeah. um i think maybe i was lucky i had like a really tight-knit group of of friends who yeah. did talk about feelings yeah. and struggles so um maybe my experience isn't everyone's experience yeah. um yeah, and I, but I do think we've come a long way. Like, you know, like three men sitting on a couch Saturday afternoon talking about mental health. Like, yeah. it's not nothing, right? Like, it's a big jump, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There's progress in that, for sure. Especially Raver talking about mental health. Yeah. I oh, know. really? It's a big jump, man. Yeah. Um, what I've got to say is, you know, we were speaking about going to, he spoke about, you know, going to someone. And um, I want to talk about going to a, a seeking therapy. Mm. But the thing is, for example, I'm first generation Australian. There's a big difference between someone that's maybe second or third generation in, in comparison to someone that's first generation. My parents came from war-torn countries. You know, they've right. seen war. And it's a big, it's a big difference. Like, it, it, and you can see the impact it has on a lot of people. Like, you know, I have friends, for example, they lost parents, you know, yeah. due to the war. And, you know, for example, they're growing up in a single, ha a single parent household. And even, like, you can see how, like, their parents have, like, I wouldn't even, is it, I don't know if it's called PTSD or like, they just like, it, the war impacted them and how they think and how they see life. And, you know, speaking, maybe even talk about generational trauma, for example, mm. do you know? Yeah. How do you, have you experienced someone that experienced that? And, you know, how, if you can tell us, mm. you know, if it's confidential, you don't need to tell us, but like, how you dealt with someone that experienced that, you know? Yeah. And how you, how'd you realize, how'd you notice like, okay, this might be generational. Yeah, well, I think like for me as as a social worker and a mental health worker, it's always been really important for me to be aware of my whiteness and my privilege. So um, not to go too deep, <laughs> but, you know, like that's really important. And so, um, yeah, I, I have had the incredible privilege of working with people, um, you know, young people and their families who, you know, left Somalia or left Eritrea or left South Sudan um, and, um, you know, recognising that my life and my experience is really different from theirs. And so kind of having in the back of my mind, what don't I know about this family's story that might be shaping this young person's story right now? I think one of the, the things um, I feel like I've noticed, but please call me out if you think differently, is a lot of first-generation young people, when their parents arrived as refugees, first-generation young people, they feel a strong sense of, of like, um, obligation to try and make a good life in Australia. Uh, they know how much their parents have, have kind of sacrificed to try and build a better life. And so they feel really, uh, I don't know if guilty is the right word or ashamed is the right word, they feel this intense pressure about, you know, a I've burden. got to build a good life, a burden, right? Yeah, definitely. And, and so one of the things that I think might happen is that 
they don't feel as freed up to talk to their parents about what's going on. They, they, you know, they know mum's working two jobs already or, or uh, dad's on shifts and, you know, just don't have the time and energy to, yeah. to kind of think about this. Um, I also think that, that kind of uh, culturally, none of us come from a culture where talking about feelings is like what we do. I mean, yeah. maybe New Yorkers, you know, you always hear about yeah. in Woody Allen movies, everyone's in therapy yeah. or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think that's a big step for anyone. Um, but it's a big step uh, kind of to do outside the family as well. There can be like kind of taboos or, or assumptions about what you talk with people outside the family about. Yeah. Massive, massive taboos. Yeah. I think that's example as, I don't know, if you, as Africans, you know, you get those taboos. Hey, this is a family problem. Keep it in here. You know, like don't, you know, we don't t- tell our business elsewhere. And I, regardless of whatever your faith is, whatever, that's a taboo, mm. you know. How do you deal with those taboos, for example? Yeah, well, I, I think it's hard for me to deal with those taboos because yeah. I don't always know they're there, right? Yeah. Like, I can guess that maybe they are. Um, how do I personally deal with them? No, no, in, as in, in like, therapeutic for example, in, th- in your yeah, profession? Yeah, yeah. Well, I try to be respectful, right? Like, yeah. I don't want to um, be uh, some white imperialist going, my way of talking about things is yeah. the best way to talk about things. I yeah. want to respect that family taboo might exist for a reason. Like, it might keep people safe in different ways. It might keep people close in different ways. But... Um, I, I guess the, the struggle sometimes for first-generation young people, and tell me if I've got this wrong, seems to be if they want to do things differently than how their parents and grandparents want to do things. Yeah. You know, that, that kind of, um, yeah, different attitude to what the family culture should be like and yeah. what we should talk about inside the family and outside the family. Yeah. If you could give tips on, you know, some, someone to deal with their mental health, what would it be right now? before Because I think we should... Uh, we're going to ask a few more questions and then yeah. we're going to wrap it up. But I want to, I feel like this can go for a couple of hours. Yeah. Well, I could talk I, about this for days. I, right? I think I need to book in a session with you. <laughs> Any <laughs> hey, time. Hey, can I put it in Medicare? If I could put it in Medicare, I'm done. <laughs> Me and you got to sit down, Catherine. I got to sit on the chairs in the movies and we just talk about, our mental, talk about my mental health. No worries. It's too easy. But um, tell me, just give us tips on, let's just say five tips. We love doing our five tips. Okay, five. Hot okay. five tips. Yeah. Hot five. Okay, can you count? Someone count I'll, me down. I got you, I got uh, you. Tip uh, number five. Okay, I think like knowing at least one thing that kind of brings you pleasure, like whether it's basketball or whether it's burgers or whether it's riding your bike, yeah. knowing that and making time for that in your day or your week, you know, like carving out time so yeah. that that can be important. Um, tip number four. Okay, um, so boring and nerdy, but really important. Sleep, so important to have good sleep, like yeah. to to make sure you have a sleep routine, to try and, um, you know, have consistent sleep through the week. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like if I haven't had enough sleep, I'm pretty crabby. I make bad decisions. I could yeah. easily see myself spiraling. Are you an eight-hour sleeper? Yeah, I, I am an eight-hour sleeper. I wish I was a seven-hour right. sleeper, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not. Okay. Um uh, so, so getting good sleep, um, knowing who you feel connected to, knowing who you feel close to and nurturing those relationships, okay. I think is really important. Yeah, that's a good so one. whether that's family, whether it's friends, whether it's a sporting club, like just, yeah, yeah being connected in the world. Uh, that's three. It's a lot of pressure to, to <laughs> narrow it down more, to five. I know. I mean, I could give you 25. You know you it's a done? problem. You should have gave you a minute to do it. Yeah. Even, I, you know oh the, my, you know the, I would have made a mistake. Um, yeah. 
Um, okay, okay, sorry. Clock's ticking. Yeah, no, I can <laughs> I'm no, no, feeling I'm it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm about There's to so many. You can say like one more. Like Gwyneth Paltrow tips, like drink plenty of water. Never use, <laughs> nah. never you use the soap on your face. You can use that. Um, hey, drink water's good. That's a good I mean, Stay it's hydrated. a fine one. Stay I don't hydrated. know. Um, so I think like maintaining physical health is really important for your mental health. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so whether that's through physical fitness, um, healthy eating, um, some kind of combination, you know, we know that's really good for, for your well-being. And the second is try to find ways to reach out when things are not great. Yeah. So know who your go-to people are, know where, um, you know, a local service is or know a helpline number you can call. Like yeah. have your kind of backup plan for if things do get a bit wobbly because yeah. they do for all of us, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, damn it, take down those tips, guys, yeah. Okay, did I get them? Okay, yeah. like, yeah. 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 Do I need to? <laughs> Let us know if, uh, Sagali, Yelza. how do you feel about the episode? It was beautiful, man. Um, I think I do want to just let you guys know and what, you know, the community needs to know as well is what we did with the money, you know, and this is the reason why Catherine has been blessed us to come here and sit. Um, we raised over $16,000, right? Big blessing there. We've had many discussions on what we should do with the money. We had ideas of giving people free th free uh, therapy, free therapy, right? Then we thought, nah, that's not really going to work because once if there's going to be situations similar to Ravo. They go once, they don't like it. The second time they want to go, they have to pay for it. It's not it's not going to help. We had other ideas. Then we thought, you know what, let's, let's break it down. And this is why we're blessed with Foundation Us because they let us do that. So majority of the money that we raise is going to go towards the youth. Um, we're going to be going towards... Um, running programs, four-week programs across schools around Melbourne, around, I'd say, two schools each each area, each region, or many more than that if we can. Uh, we're starting in the West right now. What we're going to do in these four-week programs is we're going to implement prompt questions, have discussions that aren't going to be directly on mental health, but kind of keep you active. Because, again, like my team and I, we really believe that getting active is what's going to help you one way, yeah. you know, for the most part. So... The same way to the tournament, right? A lot of people actually got really, like, engaged, not just the basketball players. Like, for example, me hooping, I got active. It helped my well-being, helped my, you know, my social activities. But you sat down and you watched the game. You saw a lot of people. You got to network. You know, that boosted your – that rejuvenated you. So there's so many different ways that shoot-to-shoot -shoot is kind of why it's so important because even just the tournament is going to help. We want to we do more things. So in this four-week program, we're going to be running these um, things with these kids. We're going to talk about many things as well. We're going to have Foundation House with us. At the end of these programs with these kids, we're going to give them what it's called a shoot-to-shoot -shoot package. So, so in the shoot-to-shoot -shoot package is a shoot-to-shoot -shoot backpack, a USB, a pen, a journal, and inside that journal is going to have prompt questions. Because for me, in my personal experience, what started my journey was reading a book called The Four Agreements and then having a journal when I was in Ethiopia. And I spent three months back there and I was just journaling. Now, I wrote a letter to my future self, which I haven't read yet. But I feel like if kids have their own prompt questions to get them going and write, because you're going to tell yourself what's the issues with you, mm. right? Yeah. I'm a, I, I could be really um, open and someone could be really inclined to speak to me. But when it comes to really facing you, I'm not going to tell people what I really need to deal with. You're not going to tell people. But when you have a journal that no one else is going to read but you, you're going to speak your truth authentically as possible. So that's one thing as well in the journal. Um, in, in the journal will be prompt questions. What else is in that backpack? I may be missing on some things. We may be adding some healthy snacks and beverages. But for the most part, it will be journal, USB, pen, um, backpack. 
and we're going to be giving almost 500 backpacks shoe shoe packages across melbourne so that's one part of what we're doing with the money raise the other part is what is essentially this right it's a social media campaign so we're going to be having other three campaigns with uh three different podcasts who will be um having the shoe shoot members sit down with another foundation house origin member and sit and talk um that's one part we're also going to be having posters with qr codes with a massive quote to resources and um your local help Mm. with information like you know some people may not know what to do if they're seeing someone deal with a schizophrenic attack or a panic attack but in these qr codes that it's going to be in there, you know, with the information that Foundation House has given us. So it's going to be pasted all across Melbourne. That's another yeah. part. The third part is we had, uh, we've contacted four different creatives in Melbourne to do like a sh- like an episode with them where we record and um, they do like a little creative piece on their field on the theme of filling your cup. Because I got taught what your emotional cup is and how you need to fill it. Yeah. You know, basketball helps me. Talking helps others. You know, there's introverts and there's extroverts, so there's different ways to fill your cup. Now, these four different creatives, we have Josh, the photographer, Saf, the notorious customs, um, Samaya, the poet, and Vola Foods. Um, you know, we know Vola Foods, yeah? Now, Vola Foods' cup, how she fills her cup is cooking. Samaya is doing poets. Um, notorious is making custom shoes. Shout out, uh, Shout out Notorious, right exactly yeah. that. Um, and Josh is a film photographer, right? Yeah. So we've been blessed to do episodes with them, which is going to come out probably in the same week as this episode or the week after. That's the third outlet that we have with this campaign. And the last one is going to be what we call like a Twitter room discussion, similar to Clubhouse, where we're going to have different people sit as well as professionals. And anyone on Twitter can join and just listen and chat as well. So it's kind of like a live Instagram almost, you know? So that's what, we do, that's what we managed to sum up with the money that we raised. Everyone's getting paid. We're reinvesting into the community. That's one thing. We're raising awareness. But we're also not, not also just talking about it like we are right now, but we're showing you this is how these people take care of it. Now, I might attract to... Josh, because he's a photographer like me, and I might be like, okay, that's how he fills his cup with it. I'm going to do the exact same thing. Someone that cooks does the exact same thing. Someone that paints does the exact same thing. So that's why we started right now with the money. The future's looking bright for Shoot to Shoot. We definitely want to continue this momentum. We definitely want to give back to the community. We're very committed on that. And for the end of uh, this year, what's what we got planned, you know, is uh, some tournaments, definitely. You're going to see some dunks. You're going to see some bodies. You're going to see people, you know, hoop, hoop for a cause. So I can guarantee you a couple things. One thing is that there are going to be unfortunate people who are going to miss out. So please don't be that person. Please get your tickets when they come out. Because he's, he's having a tournament for, you know what you should do? You should have a tournament for the content creators too, bro. Because I'm saying, Kaz, Talker Trophies will smoke any team. We call that disruption. They put yeah, out. They We're going to verse him at um, Eagle Expo. If you have something, that'll be sick. For sure, definitely. And I think you just started some beef already, so we're going to get that going <laughs> sooner or later. We're actually about to head off to Disruption, so we'll, we'll be yeah, the messages for you. But um, to sum it up, yeah, man, uh, I think we're, oh, unfortunately, we're on a time crunch, but that's what we want to do yeah. for the community. Um, I'd love to speak about it more, and I'd love to sit back with you boys. Um, but just yeah, that, that's One more thing now. before we wrap up. Yuzar, um, this, this show is sponsored. We're going to get a quick uh, for pay for this, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> nah. He's getting on tape. Hey, Ravo is getting paid. Do not worry. No, nah, no. Nah, so Ravo is getting paid. Get, so from discussed, we are getting paid for this. Yes. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're trying to get our viewers engaged. You yeah. know, we're gonna get paid for this, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna reinvest the money um, into a charity. Yeah. So what we'll do is we're gonna we're gonna put our on this. You're gonna see this story. You're gonna see a bunch of charities. And we're going to donate the money to them. All the money is going to get donated to them. So you guys get to pick who we donate the money to. And uh, hopefully you guys get engaged. Beautiful. And hopefully you know that the money we do donate can contribute to something, you know. 
the money is it's a good amount but you know we feel like we're blessed to be in a good position right now and there's people in the world that actually do need the money um there's a lot of things going on around the world and hopefully that could make a change to a family or two or even a tribe Definitely. so hopefully that does something but um Catherine, i'm not gonna lie to you i met you i met you for like what an hour and a bit and i'm blessed to have met you and thanks for um, jumping on and i hope you likewise. had a great experience for your first podcast yeah damn you got anything to say kazi hey we're just gonna say a big thank you to you guys um I know it takes courage to hop onto a platform and just speak about things that aren't really getting talked about. Bro, Sagali, man, you're just killing it every time I see you, bro. Every story you post, man, it's just Thank something life-changing, something different. We love that, Catherine. It's been blessed to meet you as well. It's been amazing. You're doing great work by the looks of it, and um, I'm loving the collaboration between these two. So, yeah, big ups to you guys. Thank Shout out to the boys in the back doing your thing on the camera work, Shout real ones. Moody. You know, we got Cairo, Moosh, and Weibo, so these guys are doing their thing, bro. Shout out to you guys, man. Um, besides that, I think we should just wrap up with stay humble, faith.